Do you ever feel discouraged or overwhelmed at the sight of your seemingly never-ending to-do list? I've been there, sis. But I want you to know that going to bed with a sense of contentment and accomplishment is completely possible if you're willing to change your mindset. It's time for you to stop looking at your life as an ongoing to-do list and start determining your priorities. This will allow you to get more done in less time, and instead of walking around your house on the edge of burnout, you'll walk around with the clarity, peace, and confidence that everything on your plate actually has a purpose. I've created what I'm calling my priorities playbook to help you take the guesswork out of determining your priorities so you can live out each day with passion, purpose, and clarity. You've heard people talk about balance time and time and again, but can I tell you something? Balance is a myth. When it comes to doing more and less time, setting your priorities is key, which is why I've created the Priorities Playbook, which you can download today for free. Head over to blackgirlsofpurpose.org forward slash playbook right now to download this free guide and get clear on your priorities so you can leave discouragement and overwhelm in your rearview mirror and start waking up excited and inspired every morning. everybody welcome back to the black girls of purpose podcast i'm your host brianna lightfoot smith and i'm the founder and chief connector at black girls of purpose i'm so excited to have erica kofer with me today she is the founder of roses aren't red events an event planning and experience um, business that she has with her mom and then she also is the co-owner of low and rosie's creative studio so we'll i'm gonna read her formal bio in just a bit but i want y'all to listen so that you guys can um, know that you should be tuning in so Erica Kofer began her hospitality career by working in the food and beverage industry in Washington, D.C. in 2007. Starting as a restaurant host, she transitioned into service, bartending, and eventually catering management for weddings. In the summer of 2013, Erica tapped into her passion for event design by working as a floral assistant for Posh Florals in Dallas, Texas. While pursuing her master's degree in healthcare administration, she chose to continue to perfect her craft by working with catering companies to help execute designs for creative pop-up dinners. After a four-year career in management and consulting, Erica combined her client management skills, attention to detail, and passion for event design to create Roses Aren't Red event design and production, which she operates with her mother, Rose. Roses Aren't Red Events is a modern and transformational event design and experience creation business, and their mission is to execute execute experiences that are creative, visually appealing, functional, inspiring, and influential. Erica is also the co-owner of Lo and Rosie's Creative Studio in Dallas, Texas. Lo and Rosie's is a creative space with a mission to provide an affordable, unbiased, and safe environment for creatives and entrepreneurs of color. Outside of all these amazing things, Erica is a wife, she is a mom of three amazing kids, a believer, a dreamer, and an achiever. In her time, in her spare time, Erica likes to get dressed like she's gonna go work out, but somehow um, end up going to brunch instead. <laughs> so excited to introduce you all to Erica Kofer. Erica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Yes, when I read that last part of your bio, I was like, "That is hilarious." It's and the truth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put on these leggings and this shirt, shirt that looks like I'm going to CrossFit. Yeah, but I think I think that brunch spot over on yeah. Main is open. We should we should go there. Why not? <laughs> That's so Why funny. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell um, our listeners just a little bit more about yourself. I always have people share something that people might not read in their bio, and you have such an awesome bio. I love that you shared a little bit of your personality. But what's something that people might be surprised to know about you? Yeah, so I think I think the biggest surprise is that um, I I have been a, a corporate America um, member for forever. Like I'm, I think that it wasn't until my later twenties when I really started to, um, you know, tap into my creative niche. I've I've gotten my bachelor's degree. Um, from Howard University in health management. Um, When I got my master's in healthcare administration, I worked in um, physician compensation for years Mm -hmm. uh, for various healthcare organizations. And so I, um, you know, I, my roots are kind of in a more formal corporate environment where I've done, I crunch a lot of numbers and and work with finances. and then I decided, like, no, I don't, I don't love that. Mm-hmm. That's not where my passion lies. You know, I, I did it because it was safe. And I think, you know, um, especially at our age, I think millennials were always, we were brought up knowing that you go to college, you get a degree, you go into a field that's, that you can make some money. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until later, um, later on in life where I was like, well, actually I could make money doing something that I'm actually passionate about as well. So what does that pivot look like? Um, So I think that's the biggest thing that people are kind of surprised to hear. Um, Because if you know me, it's it's just, it doesn't seem like I would work in anybody's office. but, (laughs) but, But I did for a long time. Yeah, I loved the first time we met, you had actually, I think you had quit your job maybe that week or a couple weeks before. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting that, you know, it's a big deal because I think that a lot of people feel like everyone that they see on social media is a full-time entrepreneur and they don't understand that a lot of people are, you know, that's their side business, but they're pursuing it as if it's their full-time business and they're, you know, promoting it as if it's their full-time business because that is the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you balance your time between your full-time job and your events? And then what made you say, okay, now is the time I really do think it's time for me to just pursue my own passions full-time and be, and start my own businesses. Yeah, so I actually started um, actually started Roses Aren't Red after my wedding. Um, so like I did, I did, you know, I started tapping into the skill sets pretty early on in life. Like my bio said, I was getting into floral design. I was doing some jobs while I was in grad school. Um, but when I got into when I got into consulting, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have any aspirations that I would go into. Um, I would go into design by its, you know, solely, right? So then I, um, what happened? I I got engaged in 2015 and then I got married um, in 2017. 
And all that time, my mother and I were planning my wedding by ourselves. You know, we were contacting all the vendors. I met um, Lauren Rogers, who is now my business partner at Low and Rosie's, and she connected me with all of these Dallas vendors. And so, like, I just started building these relationships. And then my wedding was over, and I was like, oh, I... I need something else to do. Like, I miss this. I loved every moment of planning that wedding. And, and that's when I realized, like, no, this is something that you actually really enjoy. And this is something that you're passionate about. And you should tap into it. Um, I was in consulting. And so if you know anything about consulting, it's like the travel is crazy. Um, I was working round the clock hours. And I had just had a baby. And so my daughter, in 2017, my daughter was one. Um, I was in consulting full time and I'm trying to ramp up this, this new business, right? Um, I spent the latter part of 2017 and all of 2018 really tapping into how can, how can we get this business off the ground? Um, I realized at that point that I need to do something that is more autonomous. I can't continue to work for someone else and and take away time from my family. Like it's just, I was, I realized very early on that is not the lifestyle that I want. That's not the lifestyle I want for my children. And so I need to make, I need to figure it out. Um, so I stayed in, in, in the very beginning stages of, of Roses, I would take anything that anybody threw my way. I was doing some dinner parties here and there. I would do, you know, some little flower arrangements for some, some weddings. I was literally taking anything. Um, and it was difficult. It was difficult managing that time. I will, I remember doing a um, day of coordination for a wedding. And in the morning I came in and I said, you know, set everybody up and I was getting everybody all situated. Um, and then as the bride and her bridesmaids and stuff are getting their makeup done, I had to leave, sit in my car, open up my computer, turn on the Wi-Fi on my cell phone and do some spreadsheets real quick and send them out. I mean, it was stressful. It was stressful. And then I'm, you know, trying to coordinate with my mom and she's been very supportive um you know when i'm not when i haven't been able to be there she'll step up um and now she takes on even a, a bigger role in the company especially when it comes to the wedding leg of our our service lines but um you know at the time it was balance it was just all about balance i i joke a lot about working a nine to five and a five to nine with my kids and a nine to one for roses and that's just how it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it it's definitely it's definitely a juggle, for sure. I love every part of what you said because we've interviewed so many women over the years, and I think that you which that that picture of you being in the car on your laptop on wi-fi doing stuff for your full-time job while you know it's not like you could leave you're like okay yeah this this seems like a good moment let me just go do something real quick i feel like that is such a 
a accurate picture. And I think it also shows the passion that you have for what you're doing. Um, I think another thing is it speaks to your work ethic because I know that sometimes as, as creatives, as people who know that we're created to do more than just what our nine to five is uh, allowing us to do, sometimes we start slacking in our nine to five job because we like, oh, listen, this is just temporary. I'm, I'm doing this business. And I can say even myself, I was working at a, I was working as a digital marketing coordinator for a restaurant group in New Orleans and I'd be doing stuff while I'm on the clock. And I, and I look back at myself and I'm like, sis, that is so trifling. Like <laughs> just think, I think about it all the time. And I remember God was like, okay, so you want this business to build, right? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, definitely. I want Black Girls with Purpose to be my full-time gig one day. Right. He's like, what if you had an employee like you right. who you, you've hired to work for Black Girls of Purpose. They're on Black Girls of Purpose time, but they are working on their side projects. Like, Absolutely. would you be okay with that? And I said, no, I really wouldn't. And I remember I was so convicted that I actually called my old boss, even after I had left, because I left when I had my son. And I told her, I said, Nancy, you know, I just want to apologize to you. I don't feel like I was the best employee. You know, I, I, I did what was required of me, but I don't feel like I did a lot more than that. Right. Like I did the bare minimum that would allow me to keep my mind. Uh, you know, I could do, I could do what I need to do for my business. And I remember her saying, Brie, you know, I really do appreciate you for reaching back out. You didn't have to do that. She said, but I always knew you weren't, this wasn't your final stop. Like we, yeah. even when I hired you, I was like, Hey, if I, if we could work together one or two years, I'll be happy. And so I love, even the way you broke that down nine to five, five to nine, nine to one, where you're like, these are my hours for these respective yeah. things. And then of course, I'm sure you were working weekends. Cause that's when most yeah. events are happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was definitely, it's definitely a, a balance. It's definitely finding that balance. Um, motherhood doesn't make it easier and and but you know and i used to take like uh client consultations during lunch breaks you just find a way absolutely you find a way to make it work and i always wanted i wanted my client my clients at the same time to feel like yes i have her undivided her attention mm -hmm. and with that being said i couldn't and i still kind of operate that way I couldn't take on, a t I, I wasn't the planner that was doing events every weekend. Mm -hmm. Same now. I'm not the planner that does events every weekend. I have to be able to be realistic about the amount of time that I have and that I can stretch. Um, and planning is not, you know, contrary to some people's belief, it is not something you can just spit out. You got, and especially when with our type of services, curating experiences requires time. It requires actually actual relationships that you have to build with vendors. And, you know, there's all these moving pieces that if you wanted it instant, if you wanted something that was like, you know, if you want a quick dessert table, then that's cool. That's not what we do. You know, and so it, it's just something that I think that, you know, for people who are listening, who are thinking about like, man, how do I manage my, my nine to five and my business at the same time, you have to be very realistic about the, your capacity. And if, and it might take you a little bit longer to get to that end goal, but you'd rather do it and do it well, than try to rush into it 
and then lose your job or, you know what I'm saying? Like you lose your funding to keep your, keep your business afloat, you know? So. So speak to that a little bit, because I think that's something that people don't realize either is that when you're working a full-time job, that sometimes gives you the opportunity to take more risks in your business or to sometimes be more selective and say, you know, no, I'm only going to do this because, Hey, I've decided I'm going to do two events per month, right? I'm going to do an event every other week, or I'm going to say no to this because I really want to focus on this niche of events. Like how have, how did you see ways that your full-time business was able to give you a little bit more flexibility with your, with your business while you were growing it? Absolutely. So you know, going back to when I did quit my job, there was that six months of, there was six months where I didn't do anything else, but get low and Rosie's up and running and work on roses aren't red. That was my sole responsibility. Things were getting tight. I, in that in that six months, I did two of the best events that I had ever done. Right. And then after those two events were done, things got dry. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait a minute, because I prayed about this. And this is, you know, I, I talked to God very clearly, like every day, every moment of every day, and to make sure that this was the right decision. And um, so I was very confused as to where we were. And I felt myself taking things that I didn't necessarily want to do things that I wasn't proud of taking, taking whatever I could get doing, doing stuff for free for exposure. Um, I mean, when I tell you I was busy all day, every day, but was not seeing money come through. I had to take a, I had to look up and say, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so then, um, after that six months was over, I took a contract gig um, back in healthcare administration. And it allowed me to be more flexible with my hours, which was great. But then quickly after that, COVID happened, you know? And so I was just kind of like, well, thank God that, you know, I was in this position because there was no... Um, you know, hospitals don't ever go out of business, but events do, you know, the events can stop, you know? And so I took that contract role before COVID happened. Thank God. But what else, what something else that that contract role allowed me to do, you know, now that I have more consistent um, income coming in is that it, it, it allowed me to really dig in. So now I know from that, that six months of being off, what I don't want to do. I know what I'm, you know, I don't ever want to get into my, uh, a line of work that I feel passionate about and there be elements to that, that line of work that doesn't feed my soul, you know, that I feel like, okay, this is just busy work. This is not something that I'm actually passionate about. Um, so that six months really, when I quit my job and you asked me what my target market was, I would be like, anybody who wants to throw a party, what do you mean? Like, I, you know, I'll work with any, I'll do anything. I'll work with anybody. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. And it took me that time. It took me that struggle to realize like, no, you do have a target market. 
you have a target price point, you have a target, you know what I'm saying? Like you do luxury events. That's what you like to do. So dig into that. Dig into that. You like to do something that you like to do creative things that everybody's not doing. Dig into that. Find that clientele. So um, this contract role gave me an opportunity to one, fund more um, things that I actually like to do. Right. And then it also gave me the opportunity to, sorry, my husband, um, <laughs> it gave me the opportunity to also really tap into, um, really tap into the clients that I, I wanted to work with. I, I had more flexibility to say like, this is the type of work that I can do here. Let me put it together. And I had to fund that myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to create my own content. I'm in that position right now where I'm creating my own content so that people can really understand this is the extent of the type of work that we have the capabilities of doing. So I think that that's something that you have to really think about is like a nine to five, even going back to a nine, you know, going back to corporate after you've gone, gone um, the entrepreneurial route, there, that is nothing to be ashamed of because you need that, you need that time where you're on your own to figure out, okay, what is it that I really need to get this business to the point that I want it to be at? You know, and sometimes that, that takes a little bit of regrouping and there's nothing wrong with that. I've heard, I've heard, I remember a, um, a man uh, came up to me at a baby shower we were doing one time and he was like, I've owned my, um, he was like, I've owned my barbecue restaurant for 40 years, 40 years. I went back to corporate America three times in that 40 years. And he's like, and now it is now that business runs, my family runs it, you know, it, it, it's in our family. Um, but never, never feel like it's a, um, never feel like it's a step back if you have to get some help, you know? So I, I, I take that. And um, like I said, you just got to be realistic about your time, you know? Yes. You just freed so many people by saying that because yeah. I know I have a few friends who it's been that same kind of thing. You know, we leap out. We're like, yes, Lord, this is you for sure. I'm going. And then you'd be like, Lord, it, I, I thought that it seemed like you were there, but now I'm not really seeing you anymore. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. we don't we yeah. also just you just don't know the other things that are happening, right? Like behind the scenes, things that you learn, like you said, the learning lessons, sometimes we think we're leaping out and that's it. And it's just an ebb and flow. And like you said, that's such a blessing that you are able to get back into, you know, contract work before COVID. Cause I, that was my next question was like, how do you as a person who both of your businesses are tied to events, like how, when COVID hit and stuff just started, people just started canceling things. Like what was, what, what were some of your first thoughts? Man, I had one of the biggest weddings that I was ever um, commissioned for planned for May, for May 1st. Um, and it just all just crumbled. And that was really where I was focusing all my energy on that. It was out of town. Um, and so I was putting all my attention into that event and then things just started crumbling in front of me. And I was like, oh my God. And then I had a few more weddings that was um, planned 
that was on the books for later in the year. And I mean, calls were coming and brides were crying. And there were like, uh, we had some graduation parties on the books. I remember there was just a, a few social events and the people are like, I don't know what to do. And if what's the scariest part is that, um, the scariest part is that your deposit, like people pay deposits. And when you're in like a beginning stages of your, where if you're not fully engulfed, especially in events, if you're not fully engulfed in a rotation of funding and a rotation of money where your bills are covered by, you know, last year's money, right? Then you're in a position where you're using deposit money to kind of float your life. You got to return deposits. You got to look for that money. And luckily, I wasn't in that position. Um, and luckily, we were able to, uh, but I know a lot of event professionals who were, and I knew a lot of venues that were, and I know that like for Low and Rosie's, we were able to um, kind of work with our guests to kind of move some things around. But there was a few, a few, a few times where we had to return deposits there too, you know? And so it just kind of got tricky. It got really tricky, but God like really, I mean, really stepped in. My goodness, like the way that contract role kind of came, kind of fell into my lap. I wasn't really looking for it. It just kind of fell into my lap in, the, in November. And I was like, okay, I can do this because I can be flexible with my hours. It's fine, right? And then, um, and then the way that my cousin moved into my house, and I didn't expect that. And she kind of moved in right before. Who knew I needed an in-home nanny? Like, I needed one and didn't even know it. And here she was. Um, and it's just the way that God kind of aligned things. And I can look, I can sit back and, and look at it now and be like, my goodness, like, he just really put things into place so that we wouldn't struggle because he knew what was coming up. And I don't know, I can't say, I, I, I cannot sit here on this podcast and lie to you and tell you that like, all I had, a, I had backup and I had savings and I had all this, because that wasn't the case. It was all God, just God just, just knowing what we needed before we even needed, needed it. You know what I'm saying? Before we could ask for it. He had just already knew and I don't know. It's just, it's really been a blessing. It's been a blessing for sure. Yeah, that, that, as someone who, and you know, we worked together for Black Girls of Purpose and you uh, helped us with our live podcast event that we held last October. And as someone who, when we first started Black Girls of Purpose, we were targeted towards teens. And then I noticed that more millennial women were coming. So I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I guess we service millennial women. Um, and in 2018, we were literally having events every single month. And last year it was more so like let's create some online connections as well like what things can we do online okay let's do this Insta these instagram live bible studies let's do these you know meetups online these different things not knowing like you said not knowing that oh we're not actually going to even be able to meet in person and i had some events for my nonprofit, and we were we were in talks about some of those and it was like oh no 
those are all okay. No, we're done. We're not doing that. And I think that this year has really had to, I think people, and we talked about this offline, we, you really have to understand what you're made of and then like what your motivation is behind what you're doing. Cause there has been some things that I'm, that are off my plate and I'm like, Lord, I think even when stuff opens back up, I'm just not putting that back on my plate. (laughs) Like it's fine. You know, I didn't, I'm glad I think slowed down to this pace where I could say, why were you doing that? You don't even like that. You know, like you were saying about the different events that you're doing, you're like, why do, why am I doing you know, a backyard barbecue birthday party, you know, if I really want to do luxury events, like why am I here? So I think that being able to have even that moment of pause um, has been really huge. Yeah. So something that I love about your company and, and what I love about, uh, we've had events at Low and Rosie's as well, but what I love about Roses Aren't Red events and what attracted me to you was that you guys don't do things like everybody else. Because a lot of people say that, oh, you know, we create... <laughs> unforgettable experiences we create new or or they're like we don't do events we create experiences and you go and you're like where's the experience (laughs) you know you're like oh the the photo the flower wall that's what makes it different but I genuinely when I see your events I'm like bruh where do you what even is this so where do you get your inspiration and then what made you say I don't want to just do your cookie cutter events I really want to do something very unique for every one of my clients Right. So I'm going to answer your second question first. Um, so the reason why I, I am a huge fan of immersive experiences. So like, um, like those candy museums, right? Like, I think those are so cool what people can do with candy. Um, like just like some things that people do with like pop-ups and, um, interactive marketing and, and things like that. I just always found to be so intriguing. Um, and then on top of that, I've always been a, I've always have been a experienced curator and I feel like, and I can honestly say that even from college, ever, ever since I've had that opportunity where, I have my own space and I can invite people to it. I've always been like, okay, what food do we serve? What's the logistics going to be like? Where are people going to sit? Um, what's, you know, what's, what's the music? I got to make sure the music is bomb. Like I got to like, and, and, and I've just always been so um, immersed in the details to the point where my husband is like, girl, if you don't just, put this blue and pink uh, baby shower together and just go on with your business. And I'm like, no, it should be more than that. We, we like, let's do something that people haven't seen before. Um, when we moved, we lived, used to live in this house in West Dallas, it was on a cliff. We, it was a very short lived home, but it was bomb. It was beautiful. It was a townhouse. We had this amazing um, patio. And we would invite our friends over. We would have these like Memorial Day parties. And and it was all about the experience. Like I wanted people to come there and be like, oh my gosh, look at the view. Look at the house. Look at my environment. I just feel like, I feel like I'm stepping out of the, you know, what I'm used to seeing and kind of elevating my expectations, right? So that's kind of how we got to um, how I wanted Roses Aren't Red to feel. I wanted to feel like every time 
I put a, 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 I plan an event for you. Your guests come in and they're like, no. And real talk, I've never experienced anything like this before. You could tell me, my daughter right now is into superheroes and um, princesses. And if she told me she wanted to do a superhero princess party, we would figure out what is a practical but beautiful way to put together to merge um, princesses and superheroes together. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the types of things that I, I like to think about when, and especially um, when it comes to weddings, our approach to um, consultations is a little bit different, right? So we have a questionnaire, um, but we also, I like to ask our couples to send me um, songs that they like, colors that make them feel good. Um, you know, what do they, smells that they like, what did they do on their first date? What was their first vacation together? Where did you go? What was your favorite meal during that vacation? Like stuff like that, because your wedding can easily get far away from you. It can easy, easily be more about, more about your guests than it is about your union. And I think that your union is the most important part of that day. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to talk to two, those 200 people. You're going to be in each other's face every single day. And, you know, and that's, and that's something that I realized with my husband and, and, and our wedding, you know, it was like, the, it was beautiful. We were, it was great to have all those people there, but it would, but when people talk about our wedding, they say, man, we really got to know y'all and your family by being in that space with you guys. We chose, we chose, our first dance song was like, a BJ, a BJ the Chicago Kid song, like songs that people have never heard before, but it was special to us, you know what I'm saying? And so when I tried to create events and, and um, plan weddings, I really like the guests to get a look into the real personalities of the hosts. And so that's really, that's what drives the inspiration. And then also, I um, I'm a I'm a student. I'm a student. I when I'm on on the internet, when I'm on Pinterest, I'm looking at like arts. I'm looking at architecture. I'm looking at interior design. I'm looking at landscaping. Like I'm not just looking at what other people are doing in events. I'm looking. I'm studying all things that are beautiful. Um, we had a wedding in June. And the parent, it was a backyard wedding, it was beautiful. And the parents, the backyard looked like somewhere out of Italy. So I'm looking at like Italian designs and, and what colors look the best in that environment and stuff like that. And I feel like that's really how you, you stay in your lane. You know, you find a lane, you can't keep, you can't look at what everybody else is doing. You stay, you, you know, you can look at the trends Pantone print puts out colors of the year, you know what I'm saying? You can know the colors of the year, um, but 
you stay in your lane and you be a student of your environment and you tap into your guests. And so like when I, I always say that my, my ideal market are guests that find value in that, you know what I'm saying? And that's not something that everybody, everybody does. Um, and I like guests that find value in the experience and, and don't, you know, wants to be immersed in the day and not just kind of get through it, you know? So that was a long winded version of. No, it was so beautiful and so poetic. And, you know, I love, I mean, literally just sitting here talking to you, because this is my second podcast interview that I've done for mm -hmm. about three months. Because I, like I said, I was in a sunken place for a little bit. And I was like, y'all, I'm gonna have to talk to y'all later. So yeah. <laughs> um, literally just in that last question you just really reaffirm for me why I do what I do because I love hearing women share what they're passionate about and what inspires them and you know why they felt like it's like I'm not seeing this so I want to create that right and so right. just hearing the way where you get your inspiration from um, I think that's beautiful and I love I think that people who do business well are people who don't just look at businesses like theirs. They look at other businesses, right? So you're not just looking at the event businesses. You're looking at the caterers. You're looking at, I mean, even people who do, you know, lawn care and just saying, okay, how can I take these different little pieces and put them together to create my own dream business? So I absolutely love that. So now we're going to transition to our up close and purposeful segment. These are questions we ask every guest that comes onto the podcast. Um, so my first question for you is what does it mean to you to be a black girl's black girl with purpose? Oh man, to be a black girl with purpose, I think is to bring up the next generation. Um, I, I strongly believe that I have daughters. I have little sisters, baby cousins. I'm the oldest of everybody. <laughs> um, and I know that they look at me. They tell me all the time, like, I'm, I'm watching you. And I feel like I'm watching the Black women ahead of me. And um, to, to live in your purpose and be a good role model to those who are coming after you, um, showing them that they don't have to fall into a box, that they can be themselves and still be successful. Um, that that's really what that being a black girl um, living in her purpose means for me. Love that. And I also love that you're living that out because you do work with your mom, like you're in business with I your do. mom. So clearly that's that multi-generational mm -hmm. um, element is really important to you. Um, whenever you are in need of encouragement and you feel like you're down on yourself, like what are some of the scriptures or, you know, affirmations that you, that help you to get out of that funk? Oh man. I have one that I go to every time. Um, God, dog it. Do not be anxious. Which one is that? Philippians. Um, Philippians. Mm -hmm. Philippians, mm -hmm. uh, Philippians 4.21? I think it's, I think it is. I think it, or it might be, is it Philippians 4.21 or 4.16? I don't know. Because Philippians 4.13 is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So sometimes that I get those mixed up. segment. <laughs> Philippians 4, right? Philippians 4, okay. <laughs> Lord, just go back and read it. Just yeah. read it. Just yeah. read it. And because I, I really fall back on that a lot because I have to say that I live in, you know, I, I have to say that I'm living in God's purpose. I have to say 
four and six. That's what my husband said. Come on, husband, come through. <laughs> <The> pastor, husband, <laughs> said something, but um, uh, I have to, I have to go back and and just remember God's purpose on my life and remember that I have not, I have been in some sketchy places mm-hmm. and I have been in some weird positions and God has not let me fall. Like one thing I've been in places where I should totally be on the streets mm-hmm. and God has not, um, God has said the exact opposite. And so just making sure that my faith is strong, um, I think is the most important. Love that. So we, again, we talked about this here on the podcast podcast and offline, but I think this has been, this year has been a year of reflection. And I know for mm-hmm. me, something that I've really been conscious about reflecting on is what I'm grateful for in this season. So what are you most grateful for in this season? I'm really grateful for family. Um, man, I'm so grateful for family. The way that my husband and I's relationship has evolved in this time. Um, the way that my mother's and I's business relationship has grown. Um, the way that I can spend time with my children and really kind of dig into um, some areas of need that they've been, that they might been lacking for me because just always been so busy. Um, um, I'm grateful for that. I'm just really grateful for, I'm really grateful for this fellowship that I've been able to have with my family. For sure. Absolutely. I I, I double that. Um, What would you say to anyone who's listening to this podcast who is interested in starting a business? They feel like they have this burden, but they are afraid or they don't feel like they know where to begin. Take it slow. Take it slow. Don't, don't have that, don't fall into that Instagram expectation that you are going to jump out on faith and your, your business is going to be like six figures in the first year. It real life takes, they say it takes five years to ramp up a business. And it, and that depends on what industry you're in, to be totally honest. Um, if you if you want to start a business, if there's something that you feel passionate about or that you have a talent, put it out there in the world and see what the response is, you know? And even if the response isn't, isn't great, keep, just be consistent, take it slow, be consistent, take it slow, but do, do always work at your craft. When, when events went to Kaput, um, <laughs> at the beginning of this year, we did brunch every Sunday. We did brunch in my house. My, my husband, he DJs um, and he just DJ, like we had day parties in our house every weekend. And cause I wanted to, and I did tablescapes and he, he DJ and we just worked. We just practice. You got practice. You got to practice your craft. Um, you got to invest in yourself. And and we did and he, he, my husband is also a part of this podcast. Apparently, we did parties. You know, like our business is in celebrations and celebrate celebrate with your family. You know, find what 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 can you do in your immediate um, 
you know, what's in your immediate path, control what you can control and put out the work that you, you feel passionate about and everything else, keep that faith going and everything else will just fall into place. This is literally one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. <laughs> um, so my last question is, how can our community best support the work that you're doing? Obviously, I know events are still kind of in a question. Yeah. Should I do it? Should I not? Should I do something social distance? But um, how can they best support the work you're doing? And then uh, what's the best way to stay connected with you? Yeah, so if you, um, the best way to support the work that I do, honestly, is through um, booking with Low and Rosie's. Um, come to Low and Rosie's if you want to do something creative, because that's, a, that's really my place to do, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not into um, mega events right now anyway, so it's fine. Low and Rosie's is a, a good place for um, intimate experiences. Um, come there book the space if there's if there's something that you want to do if you just want to have just haven't seen your family since march and you want to you know have some dinner um let's talk about that if you like us to put together some some decor for you um let's talk about that um that's the best way you can you can support and just kind of be flexible um be flexible with what you envision events or weddings to look like and trust i mean this isn't just for me but this is hiring any professional service trust the talent of the people that you're hiring let go of the reins throw your pinterest board in the trash no i'm just kidding i'm kidding but <laughs> but but trust trust the process because if you're if you trust your if you trust um the person who you're doing this service with, if they're good, then you're gonna you're gonna get something that is well beyond your expectations. You know, so um, I would encourage everyone um, to just you know have more trust, support black businesses, and trust good work. You know, um, so that. And if you want to reach out to me, you can contact us on Instagram, um, Roses Aren't Red uh, and Low and Rosie. And then, or you can email me at Erica at RosesAren'tRedEvents.com. That's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm so excited for our listeners to just get connected with you, hear more about what you do. If you all are in the Dallas area, definitely book an event at Low and Rosie's. I had our Friendsgiving for our um, nonprofit Unity Queens there last year. And, and like she said, it's a perfect space. We had about 20 to 25 women and everyone was just like, oh my gosh, this is great. It felt very, it, you said intimate experiences. That's the perfect way to um, describe it. Cause sometimes you can even have those smaller groups, but in a big room, you kind of lose that intimacy. Yep. So love that love that well i will definitely make sure i have those links in our show notes um again i just want to thank you for coming on for sharing your story i think that you've inspired a lot of people today you definitely have inspired me and i look forward to seeing what god has for the rest of 2020 because i don't believe it's canceled we had to shift some stuff around but it's not completely canceled and then seeing what this new year will hold for you as well Absolutely. and your family well thank you so much for having me this was great yeah i guess so I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. All right.
All right, Purpose Peeps, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do one of three things for me. First, post a screenshot and key takeaway on your Instagram story and tag us at Black Girls of Purpose so we can repost you. Second, if you think someone would enjoy this episode, please share it with them. And then third, please leave a review so we can continue to reach a lot of people with this podcast. It is such a pleasure to come to you guys each and every week, and I'm so looking forward to continuing to grow our community. I'll talk to you next week.